Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Friday edition of The Drive. Sort of a uh, a dreary-looking Friday. Haven't gotten quite the rain, I think, that that we'd expected during the day, but don't worry. I think it's going to come over the night and probably on into the weekend. But uh, we're, we're here to try to uh, brighten things up for you on this Friday afternoon. No Dan, as I mentioned yesterday, he's on the road with the uh, Troy women's basketball team, obviously doing the play-by-play. They're up in Memphis, but I have a, a very special guest here in the studio with me. Usually talk to Coach Don Dunn on Fridays for a segment or so, and I was able to uh, twist his arm, get him here into the studio with me for the entire show today. Don, how are you doing today? Doing great, Bill. I really appreciate you having me. It's a real honor. Uh, Just very excited. Oh, it's it's great to have you here. We we, uh, were talking a little bit before, and, you know, I'd I'd forgotten some of your your travels um, through the years. I know Chuck, uh, of course, Chuck Furlow, who man, we we still just it's it's hard hard to believe that but he's gone. You guys were were neighbors and um, you you've traveled all over just for folks that um, remember you from here as a defensive line coach. Um, assistant coaches can can end up with quite a few stickers on their on their suitcases. Yes, uh, we have a lot of license plates up on our wall out on our patio. Uh, yeah, I've been been very fortunate. I've enjoyed every place I've been, met great people, coached great kids, and that's what it's all about. And I still hear from kids from all over the country, and that's amazing. That's what it's all about, taking care of those guys. But, yeah, I've been to California, Montana, uh, Texas, we were talking about earlier, uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, and of course Alabama. So I've covered a, yeah, a little few Johnny, states. Little Johnny Cash, you've yeah. been everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah. You've been everywhere. Yeah. So well, that, that's great. Glad to have you in here. We'd love for you to join us as well. We've got a lot to talk about here today. We'll get into the conference championships, which get underway tonight. Right. And you've got a got a huge one coming up tonight. A uh, game that most most people feel is a play in game. The Pac-12 championship between Oregon and Washington. That should be a real battle. Uh, you know, they had a very good game the first time. And I think Oregon's gotten better. And uh, mm-hmm. we all know Bo, and we're pulling for him. And uh, I have a very good friend who's a receivers coach on the Washington staff. In fact, was with us at uh, Western Kentucky and Purdue. Oh, and okay. uh, he's a heck of a coach. And so I'm kind of torn. You know, I want both to do well. But it uh, should be an excellent game. A lot, uh, a lot of scoring, I would imagine. I would think so. I mean, uh, they they put up quite the points the first time, and and Oregon felt like they they could have, should have won that one. That is their only loss, and Washington, of course, coming in unbeaten. Those are the numbers three and five teams in the country. You have another unbeaten 
that is playing tonight. Liberty looking to get revenge on a team that that beat them and Hugh Freeze last year and then beat Auburn and Hugh Freeze uh, rather handily just a few weeks ago in New Mexico State uh, and Liberty tonight playing for the uh, uh, Conference USA title. Yeah, I think that game's in Liberty, if I remember it right. Is. When we were at Western, we were lucky enough to ho- – Western Kentucky – host the the champion or the with the best record got the host and that's a big deal so i expect liberty to take care of business but uh new mexico state like we were talking last week coach uh kill i think his name jerry mm-hmm. what a great job he's done and no uh, question. they they were very very low down the pole as you say tough place to recruit i don't know if you've ever been to i think it's las cruces mexico no i haven't and that's probably a good thing but uh <laughs> It's a tough place to recruit, and he's done a great job. And uh, it should be a good game. It's going to be two good games. I you hope know, I can stay up before I have to go in. Well, tonight. that one's that one. Yeah, that one's the six o'clock game. Right. The New Mexico Liberty, and then at seven o'clock, it's Oregon and Washington. We'll talk about the other games. Uh, want to pass along some some big news? If you were uh, checking on the line a little while ago, or you've checked your internet here in the last uh, half hour or so. Big recruiting news for Hugh Freeze and Auburn as they uh, flip Cam Coleman, the wide receiver from Central Phoenix City, who, uh, I mean, boy, folks from this area that got to see him play this year, he had he had uh, an unbelievable game against Auburn High uh, with 294 yards receiving and four touchdowns the first time the teams met. He'd been committed to Texas A&M for a while, but Jimbo Fisher, you know, being relieved of his duties. Damian Craig, the um, uh, the receivers coach at AM, not being retained by Mike Elko. So uh, Cam Coleman, who is a big receiver, that's one of the things that that I know that Coach Freeze uh, was looking for was someone with size on the outside. Auburn's Auburn's most productive receivers this year, Don were inside guys, slot-type guys who are a little undersized. Javarius Johnson, um, Jay Fair, and then toward the end of the year, Caleb Burton. And all three of those guys, you'd normally uh, see them in the slot. Yes, that's a huge commitment. I had not heard that yet, uh, but that's uh, excellent. And he is a great player. I listened to the game on the radio the first game when I think he just went crazy. And the thing about him, like you said, when he catches it, he's a threat. He's not only a good receiver with his hands, but he can mm-hmm. he can get going and and cover you know the field, and that's what we need. We need, like you said, an outside receiver to open that up more for us. Yeah, that so that adds to that is the second five star receiver that Auburn uh, has uh, flipped as Perry Thompson, the uh, outstanding receiver from uh, Foley, mm-hmm. earlier had committed to Alabama before flipping Cam sick every bit of six three. And uh, around 180, uh, so that 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 gives Auburn two outside, yeah. very you know very highly regarded young outside receivers. So uh, th- this is a crazy time. Now, um, when when you were coaching, we didn't have as many things going on. Now, as a matter of fact, um, was the early signing period had it come in effect before no. you before you were done? No, sir. We had the uh, you know February the, one, the February signing. I think it was the first Wednesday in February every mm-hmm. year. And that was basically it. 
Nowadays, these poor guys, they have no time off. It never ends. And I think the portal opens officially Monday, if I'm not mistaken. It does for, for any players that aren't already graduates or they're, or haven't had a coaching change. Right. It, it, that's the two exceptions if they've graduated or the coach leaves. So that's, you know, it's just uh, – but to get this young man uh, turned is excellent. Now we just got to hold on to him until – is it December December 20th? 20th, yeah. Yeah. So that's changed too, but – yeah, it's all different now. Yeah, it's it's like now I believe it is the third Wednesday in December is the early signing period, uh, and it's supposed to and it's just two days. And I I think the NCAA thought well a few players might might think about graduating early and signing. If you look at it now, the majority of players go ahead and sign in December. So you've got the transfer portal. Uh, you're you're trying to assess what you have on your team and players hoping that players that you're counting on in the future stay. So you're re-recruiting your own players. You're, you're trying to mine the transfer portal and recruit high schoolers at the same time. And, oh, by the way, if you're fortunate enough, you've got bowl practice. Right, and you have to keep your own. Yeah. And you worry about that. I guess they had the meetings – this week, individual meetings, so hopefully they have a, a handle on that. But you never know. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot on a coach's plate right now. And, yes, you want to be in bowl practice for sure. And I, I think for Auburn, and we, we've talked about this a little, I know there's some folks that go, well, it's not going to be one of the New Year's six. It's not a playoff bowl. But Auburn has struggled the last couple of years, and it's been a while since they've won a bowl game. Uh, I think it would be very good, especially after that heartbreaking loss to Alabama. I think I think you want to have something positive to wrap up the year. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, bowl games are, are they're a reward for the players, the coaches, and the coaches' families, the players' families. We always love going to bowl games. Jonathan, my son, was little and he had a you know ball going to bowl games, but. Plus the practice time, I know a lot of people don't, uh, you know, what, what's four or five extra, eight days extra. It's big. But that's your goal is to go to a bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's another problem we have. Everybody, you know, instant gratification. If we don't win the national championship or in the playoffs, it's a failure. That's wrong. That's, that's something I don't agree with or like. These kids need to be rewarded, and, and it's, it's, a, it's fun. And if they're competitors, they want to get an, oh, that sour taste out of their mouth. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Coach Don Dunn with me here in the studio. We have Drew at the controls. <laughs> Love for you to join in. The uh, the drive hotline presented by Skybar is one way, and that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the drive text box, which is brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number is 334-564-1840. We'll get to the drive hotline, and John is up first. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, Coach Dunn. Hope Friday's treating you okay. Hi, John. Doing great, buddy. Thanks. Hey, I had uh, I had two questions for you, Coach Dunn. One, uh, I was a student, uh, you know, during the Tuberville years at Auburn. And one thing I always remember about your position group is you really had a bunch of guys who were coachable. And I was wondering, you know, when you're going through the recruiting process, how much of that do you look at? I mean, obviously, a blue chipper. You try and you try and take where you can get them, but it seemed like your guys were were really coachable. And a second question I had, just real quick, is you know, with Michigan this year and sign stealing, 
How much of that, I know it's 20 years removed, but how much of that, that stuff went on back then? I remember I remember a home game with Ole Miss and allegations of Ole Miss ball boys and all types of stuff and wondered if you could comment on that. Thank you much. Appreciate it, John. Yeah, uh, the first question, John, is I was very fortunate. I had great kids uh, that worked hard, uh, didn't have a lot of problems off the field. But what I tried to do the first time I went to school and – I would talk to everybody I could, not just the head coach. I'd go to the cafeteria and ask the lady in the cafeteria, how's uh, Joe Blow? Is he a good kid? Does he give you a hard time? And uh, check with the principal, the custodians, and try to you know find out what type of character these people had. And um, I didn't re- sign a lot of five-stars, a couple of really good players, but uh, they were good kids. And they worked hard, and a lot of them came from a great – or all of them came from great families. So that's one thing I tried to do. And the second question, sign stealing's been going on since the first <laughs> game ever played. Since the first uh, – well, since there were signs. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, back then, before the, the hurry-up offenses, everybody huddled. So there wasn't a lot of things to steal. Well, you know, the other thing I can remember – the uh, rules have changed because I remember there being scouts from other teams would come and be, be there in the, in, the, in the box yes. watching the game, and the NCAA decided that was a no-no. Yeah, that rule changed while I was coaching because I remember uh, we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Walt Harris and I went to scout when I was at the University of Pacific. Uh, we went up on a Sunday. Remember, they used to have that opening game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Tennessee played uh, somebody, and we were unfortunately we had to play at Tennessee the next week. So I don't think it helped us, but we could go to the game. And, right. Uh, but yeah, that's been going on. You usually have a GA or somebody during the game looking on their sideline, but now they have the signs. Everybody's holding the tarps up, the you know to cover up, and it's and the coaches do what the pros do. They cover their mouth now with the with the play sheet, and a lot of it's just a show. But yeah, it happens, and uh, yeah, we uh, we had some problems with uh, some of the ball boys trying to steal our signs and get our calls, and then go tell what was going on. But usually, it's who's got the best football players. Don't you think that? I mean, it, it, it won't be long until we're doing in college what they what they're doing in the NFL with the helmet. Got that yes, sir, I think piece. so, and I think that's good. Yeah, and uh, especially like if you. <laughs> I felt sorry for uh, – not really, but Alabama's players. That crowd was so loud last week. I mean, that was amazing atmosphere. I know you were there, but I could hear it at my house. Well, I was I was in <laughs> I was in the sealed-in press box. I would step out every once in a while to go down and visit the family. But, uh, but yeah, it was rocking. Yeah. Uh, tell you what, we'll get to our first break. Jack, hang on. You'll be up when we come back. We're just underway here on the Friday Drive. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here on the Friday Drive. Difficult times remind us and back on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. We got Drew at the controls as usual. And we'll get back to the drive hotline, and Jack is up next. Hey, Jack. Hey, Bill. Hey, Coach Dunn. How you doing? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, I was at that ball game last Saturday, and uh, I tell you what, 
the, the bad thing is I was in section 46, which is in the northwest corner of the stadium, and that right. touchdown oh, right at happened you. right in front of me. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, could, you could see it coming even before the ball arrived. I mean, and I saw it was one-on-one coverage, and D.J. James was at such a bad angle, I knew it was going to be a touchdown. But you were right. I'll tell you what, that may be the best from – you know, up until that point from the start of the game, that might be the best environment I've ever seen inside that stadium. At least, at least the 20 years I've been going to games routinely. Um, but yeah, all week you just think in your mind, you know, what if Auburn had done this differently? If Auburn mm-hmm. had done that differently on that play or whatever? And I tell you what, news like uh, Cam Coleman switching Auburn—that's certainly a good tonic to get your mind off of that, right? Oh, you're right. That that helps. Uh, you know, it's in games like that though. You just can't help but think. If this, if that. I mean, when you when you lose a game like that, there, you know, there's any number of plays that you feel like if it had just been a little different, that could have been the difference in the ball game. Yeah, no doubt. You know, they. I'm sorry, Jack. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Coach Dunn. You know, you, it, it's a game of inches, and that's true. You know, and you know, penalties, penalties that weren't called, penalties that were called. Uh, just you never know what play, like Bill said, is going to be the one that decides. It's important, like you say. Well, we'll we'll get this corrected and do it in the second half. But it might be that first play of the first game. You never mm-hmm. know. Right. I mean, all the, the staff, all they can really do is just learn from it and move on and recruit, recruit, recruit. And I think we're seeing that right now. I tell you what, if they somehow do pull a miracle and get Ryan Williams, <laughs> or if they're able to pull him from Alabama, oh my gosh, that would that would be almost like the cheat code in Madden, wouldn't it? <laughs> No doubt, they they're doing a great job. They, we just got to keep going, and like we got to keep them now. The hardest part sometimes you don't want them to commit, or verbally, or I guess publicly. But nowadays with social media, everybody knows within ten minutes. So, but that's right. a big get, no doubt, Jack. One more question, just to hear y'all's thoughts on this, and then I'll hang up and listen. Uh, there was an interview that Coach Freeze gave on Sirius XM a couple of weeks ago, and he was asked about the transfer portal, mm-hmm. and he was. Uh, you know, he was pretty brutally honest and thought how ridiculous it was and that there's no excuse for that, that transfer window to be open longer than a week. I just want to, you know, I'd love to, you know, with Coach Dunn, you know, being a former coach at Auburn, I'd love to love to hear your thoughts on that. And Anyway, guys, good talking to you. Appreciate Have the call, Jack. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, that's, that's one he said that to us when he met with the media on Monday. Uh, just as talking about, he said 10 days would be plenty, he felt. Players that are planning on leaving, Don, they – they know they're going to leave. They don't need. They don't need until New Year's Eve or you know New Year's Day or something like that. I guess. I guess maybe the NCAA is thinking they could play in a bowl game without it being a distraction for the team. But look, if, if they're planning on going, they're probably not. They're probably not giving you everything that they have anyway. Exactly. I think it's way too long. I, I agree. Ten days or less. I agree with Coach Freeze and with you, Bill. It's. Uh, I don't like any part of it. Of course, I'm old school and old fashioned, and I just don't know how how you handle it. And now I, I see where the one coach came out and said, for a good quarterback, it's going to cost you a million dollars. That was Matt Rule, yeah. yeah and I, I was coach. shocked he said that in public. But anyway, yeah, I don't like the portal, but if we're going to have it, we, we need to cut it down to 10 days. And like Bill said, these kids know. They know back in October uh, if they're not happy, if they're, and they're listening to other people. That's the problem, too. People get in their ears, relatives agents whatever they have now and uh, it's a tough job and I think they're doing a great job just keep recruiting if they don't want to be here show them the door well I mean as you said I mean 
when the, when the season ends at most places, and I know they, I know that Coach Freeze and his staff are doing that. They're meeting with the players and they're letting them know what they think their future holds, and you know, getting uh, feedback to the players and from the players. So they know they they'll yeah. have an, they'll have a very good idea of where they stand. And it is it is odd. I would think it would make more sense if you want to have a 30-day window, make the 30-day window the late one and this one a short one so that because it, it overlaps with your high school and junior college recruiting and bowl preparation yeah, as well. Yeah, it, it's tough. And just imagine if you were getting ready to play in the national championship game. Uh, yeah. You still have to do this stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's – we got to find a solution. I don't really know what it is, but I don't like the the extended period for sure. Well, there there's some things that eventually there's going to have to be something done for. I think the transfer portal can is it's going it's there to stay, but right. I mean I think there'll need to be some adjustments there. Right. NIL is something that there you just feel like eventually there's going to have to be some parameters. Uh, as you you mentioned, I mean Matt Rule talking about it's going to take. Uh, one and a half to two million dollars for a top a top caliber quarterback, uh, and and so now people say, well, there's there's no salary cap like there is in in professional sports. No, there's not, but there is a there is a a limit to what schools are going to have, what their you know what their either their collectives or whatever are going to be able to have, and that's probably that's got to be a situation that you know Auburn's not the only one. That is looking. I know a lot of fans would love to go out and let's bring in the the best quarterback that's available right now. Cam Ward from Washington State goes into the portal, uh, announces he's going into the portal today, and he immediately goes to the top of the list. Well, he's a guy that's probably going to demand top dollar as well. Do you? Here's what here's what the staffs and head coaches now have to dis- determine: is all right. Do we? Go all in here and get that star, the guy. Maybe he could be a difference maker. But the other question is, do you have the supporting staff around him, the cast around him? Uh, if you get a, if you get that guy, maybe he can get you from where you were six and six this year to nine or ten wins. But if you're trying to get to play for conference championships and more, you're going to need more than just just that quarterback. You're going to need offensive line, receivers. You're going to need defensive line, defensive backs. You're going to need everything. And the, the question is, how do you, uh, how do you spend? You know, there is a limit. So, so how do you spend that money that you have? Exactly. It's, it's a tough situation, and I don't know the answer. But you're right. We have to get some type of control or rules or guidelines because, uh, I mean – like say you put all your eggs in one basket and what if the guy gets hurt the first days on campus and uh you got to build other positions so it's tough it is i mean i I see so many fans going you know pay him get him get him now well first of all it's not their money most likely (laughs) that, uh, that that's going out there but i'm also thinking of the pressure on the kids now now that this is out there Everybody's going to be expecting any transfer quarterback. Hey, you better produce because you're costing us a million dollars. Yeah, a lot of pressure on everybody for sure. 334-321-1390. That is the drive hotline presented by Skybar. Again, the uh, the big news today, Auburn adding another five-star in its uh, recruiting class. And uh, we're, we're less than 
three weeks away. It is three weeks from this past Wednesday is the signing, the, the beginning of the signing period for high school and junior college players as Cam Coleman, the outstanding receiver from Central High School over in Phoenix City, uh, becomes the the fourth high school receiver committed to Auburn. Mentioned Perry Thompson, the other five-star. Malcolm Simmons from Alex City is an, is an excellent athlete. And then Bryce Kane is another one of those just super quick slot guys. And uh, th- there's been there's been some some uh, whispers that they're looking for the five. And sure, sure, you'd love to get you'd love to get Ryan Williams the. Uh, uh, the, the Auburn legacy, who has been committed to Alabama for a long, long time from down in Sarah Land. He's just a junior, but uh, there, there's an awful lot of um, speculating that, that he's going to be able to um, graduate early. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he wouldn't be somebody to be able to enroll in this January, but he, sh- he should be able to finish by this spring and would be a guy that would sign in February. But hey, he's been committed to Alabama for a long, long time. Auburn's really been working him. It surely didn't hurt that he was uh, he was at Jordan-Hare Stadium this past Saturday. No, I think any any of those kids that were on campus last week have to be totally impressed. I don't know how, how they could not be. It was a beautiful atmosphere. And one play – it wasn't one play, but you know the one play. It was. It was. It was. Everything was beautiful until, until that yeah. one play. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. We're going to check in, see if we can't uh, talk a little round ball with Coach Sonny Smith. On the other side, stick with us here on the Friday Drive. On the drive. Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Dan is on the road with uh, the Troy women's basketball team. He's got uh, play-by-play. They're up in Memphis. But, man, what a what a star-studded show here this afternoon. I'm not talking about me. I mean, I've got got Coach Don Dunn here in the studio with me, and now we're going to, uh, to welcome in uh, one of our all-time favorites, and that's Hall of Fame coach Sonny Smith to the drive. Sonny, how you doing today? I'm great. That's a great introduction. I'm going to have to – I'm going to have to record this. You're talking too good about me, Bill. <laughs> oh, no, no. Let, let me tell you, I'm so glad. Yeah, last Friday, uh, we, 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 got, we got caught up a little bit with this, uh, with this football game thing that was going on on last Friday. Right. So, sorry about that. But, uh, but yeah, first, first Coach Dunn was, uh, was telling me that, that you guys' paths have crossed more than, more than once or twice, and, and what a small world it is. Hi, Coach. Oh, no question about that. How you doing, Don? I'm doing great. Uh, you know my wife better than me, Coach. She used to clean your teeth, Donna. <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember very well. And uh, uh, How are you doing, Good. I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but I went to Lees McRae Junior College and then to East Tennessee <laughs> State. I'm very familiar <laughs> with Roan Mountain and Banner Elk and, and uh, all those places. <laughs> And you spoke at a, it, a banquet, Coach, at Daniel Boone High School when I was doing my student teaching. <laughs> bless your heart. <laughs> uh, hey, Bill, he's talking about the, the, one of the 
greatest places in the world, the mountains of East Tennessee and, North, and Western North Carolina. It's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be around, and the people are unbelievably good. For sure. Oh, man, I, it, it's great hearing you guys. I mean, just, you know, thinking back on some of the, uh, the times and, and, and the folks. But, uh, but yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about this, this basketball team. Sonny, after an eight-day layoff, Auburn, I thought, really played well, especially defensively, the other night against Virginia Tech. I think this might be, before it's all over, barring injury and foul trouble, this might be one of the best defensive teams that he's had. I mean, you you look around and you say, well, do we have a weakness on defense? Uh, no. Somebody say, well, you don't block many shots, but that's because you don't get many good shots to take uh, because the defense – I think this could be, from a standpoint of depth, uh, this could be one of uh, Bruce's best defensive teams. Now, not so much from shot blocking, not so much from mm-hmm. spectacular plays, but from a standpoint of guarding the ball, keeping them out of the lane – Guarding a dribble and doing it without fouling out, this might be one of his better teams. And it's now, we, uh, all that could change, you know, with injury and things like that. But they, the, the defense, has been the most impressive thing about his team. And that was, I think, that was Bruce's concern heading into the season was how well they play defensively because you're bringing so many new guys in and trying to yeah. bring them in. But uh, it, it, I mean, it has been solid and appears to be getting better. You know, the the perimeter defense looks to be much improved from a year ago. You've got a little more length, and they seem to stay on the ball a little bit better. Virginia Tech came in as a very good shooting team, and uh, they they didn't get many good looks. Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech's going to win some games in the ACC. Virginia Tech, Tech's going to be a tough night out, but we made them look like they weren't all that good. Uh, 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 you know, you know, other way to put it. We made them look like an average team, and I'll tell you right now, that is no average team that we play. If they get any kind of post play, they're going to be a factor in ACC in the top four or five, I guarantee you. And uh, the coach is outstanding. Of course, I, I would say that because I coached his father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes him a lot better in my eyes. When I was a high school coach, his father was a, was a football coach on, on one of the same staff, so I know I know the young man well. There aren't many coaches. It doesn't seem like that Sonny Smith hasn't uh, had some kind of contact with. You know that that, that the seven seven degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing seem to work with uh, with Sonny. <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, one thing about it. You leave a lot of places. You coach a lot of places, but you you remain friends with the people and you keep an interest in what they're doing and. And certainly I've kept her interested in what Mike is doing. He was a great coach at Walford College. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I said, someday this young man is going to fall into a job and he's going to do it spectacular well, and he has done that. Uh, I don't know if you keep up with Walford, but they used to beat everybody on oh, the yeah. – not. I don't know if you'd say Division two level or NAIA level, but you didn't want to play Walford back in the day. No, you're absolutely right. Well, you mentioned if, if they get some post play, my goodness, uh, Janai Broom was uh, was was excellent the other night for Auburn. You know, I I, I I I try to analyze the team like I'm a coach or something, and but I was thinking to myself before the season started, Bill, 
are we going to be able to play anybody, play with their back to the basket and be effective and still uh, go out and face the, face the bucket to, uh, the way that Bruce runs his offense? Well, I didn't know that Janai was going to be able to do that, but he's doing it extremely well. He's playing back to the basket, making moves with either hand. He's stepping away out 15 foot or better, and you cannot leave him open on that shot anymore. No. And uh, I think I think if he keeps this up, he might have put himself into being a pro prospect. Well, I, I think so. I think he, there there were some there were some scouts there the other night, and I thought that was a very very good night for him. Hey, it, it was really impressive to look. Auburn wins by 17. They really weren't challenged. I believe the closest Virginia Tech got was seven after Auburn got out to that 11-1 to lead. And they did it with Aiden Holloway not scoring and Denver Jones not really having to uh, to take many shots. And, and I, I kind of zeroed in at in my mind. I was, I was thinking for us to win, Aiden Holloway's got to be a, fa- a factor offensively facing that goal, you know, more than the, and bringing it, taking care of it like a point guard. Well... Uh, we showed that we can win in a lot of different ways, and I, I think that shows you that this team, this team can do a lot of different things. But the one thing that they do consistently is play great defense. They really guard you. Oh, they absolutely do. And and one of the guys that's uh, that that's fun to watch of the newcomers. I mean, they're all fun to watch. I like all these guys that they brought in, and they fit uh, in different ways. But Chad Baker Mazzara is. I mean, he is. Uh, he's he's more than a handful for teams to try to handle there. I mean, his he, he has such length. He's able to reach. I mean, defensively, he creates all kinds of problems. And then exactly. he is he is quicker than you would think when he gets the ball. I mean, he can really explode to the basket and showed a nice touch from the outside the other night as well. Well, I didn't I didn't know that he would be a three or four position type guy. But he's a, he's the kind of guy that can play facing. He can play the wing position. He can play the guard position. Uh, he's uh, he's a keeper now, and he's and and I, I expect him to have a great career. And he can play without having to score every time. You know, he mm-hmm. can he can do the things he's got to do defensively and rebounding. And he's he's an all around player. I like everything about him. Yeah, a little worried. You know, he had eleven points early, and then. Uh, hurt the uh, the hand or wrist and and a lot of concern but he came back in didn't look like it was bothering him after the game he said nah he's good to go so that's good news but i mean yeah the the depth again you mentioned it a little earlier and we've talked about it uh here on the drive but i mean it it, it is just uh amazing to see how um you know Bruce has 10 Almost interchangeable guys. They're they're not the same. It's not like when you no, make a change not. from Aiden to Trey or uh, Chris to Chad or Jalen to Cheney. Uh, they're they're different players, but it still seems to work. And that really, uh, I think, is going to be a huge huge benefit for Auburn. They play well together. They share the ball extremely well. They don't mind defending. They really get after it in that area. And and uh, I don't I haven't looked at the stats enough to know, but it looks to me like we're taking care of the ball extremely well. Uh, and when you play up tempo, and when you play as aggressive defensively, there's two areas that negative that you uh, that you can get in foul trouble is one of those, and turnovers the other. And we seem to be hanging in there with everybody in both those categories right now. Mm-hmm. I like the way they I like the way the ball moves around the perimeter and. 
I like the way they get it to an open man. And I also think that before it's all over, we're going to be a good second-shot team. I haven't seen that uh, to be a, a, a factor yet, but I bet we're going to be a good second-shot team. I think they're going to be a better first-shot team, too. I mean, Auburn hasn't really lit it up from outside, but I, they've got guys that can shoot the three. They do, and we're going, we're going to be taking more as we go along because I think they're finding out in these early season games. You, we, were, we weren't playing an easy team at Virginia Tech, and we made them look like a bad team at times. And uh, it, uh, I think it's all started with the defense, so I think we can expect uh, – you tell me if I'm wrong – no, I think I we can expect our defense to get a lot better. I oh. mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I you, I expect our offense to get a lot better because I believe on the floor we're going to have four scores at any time, one time. Yeah, that's actually been the thing that I right now I don't think they're clicking as well as they are defensively. No. Now they're they're starting a stretch now where they're going to be playing on the road, and the first one comes up Sunday at App State. There, there's some people that may only know of them for their, you know, couple of huge upsets they've had in football. But this is a solid basketball team. Very solid. And it's a bad place. It's a bad – they got a great home court advantage. Well, we They were like one of our biggest uh, uh, rivals when I was coaching at East Tennessee State when we got together because we were so close together. And they have, a, they have an arena that uh, is a, a great home court advantage for them. Uh, they play extremely – they're coached extremely well. So it's – we're not going in there. We go in there with uh, thoughts of this being an easy game. and They better get another thought. Yeah, if they go up there thinking about the uh, the, the game in Atlanta or uh, yeah, Southern yeah. Cal coming in, then, yeah, they, it, it could be a rough afternoon. I think Bruce gets them ready for that kind of thing. If you ever notice, very rarely does his team has a have a downer as a complete team. You say, well, they took this night off. You don't, have, you don't hear, you don't talk about his teams in that regard very often. Mm-hmm. I think they get them up, and I think they do what they do what they do in pregame preparation. The SEC ACC challenge came to a close with both both sides winning seven. Um, any any surprises for you among the uh, uh, the results of those games? Well. You know, when you, when you look at the things around the country, you mentioned ACC basketball, SEC basketball. The first thing that would come up is that they're a little better in basketball, but not as good in football. I say that kind of thing every time. I think you can look at the ACC as, and the SEC as pretty much on even ground right now, and both, and both are all sports. And you can't say, well, we're playing a basketball school tonight. We're playing a team that can really play when we go into Appalachian State. Kentucky looked pretty good the other the other night, and then Arkansas may have lost a few games early, but uh, they showed what they have as well, talent wise. Is is the Shepherd kid going to be the difference for Kentucky? My. I look up there, and all of a sudden he's controlling things. And yeah. you look up, I don't know. And when it's over, is he going to? He's the leading scorer. Is they have they got one of those again? Is it's it Kyle Macy back? It, it's been a while since, and they've been they've been wanting one of their Kentucky bred. You know, to to step in there, and he he's absolutely. Yeah. You couldn't ask for more if you're a, if you're a Wildcat fan. No, this Auburn team's exciting. I can tell you that right now, and and I love the depth of of our team, and I think I think one thing about that, I think you guys are probably. I think we're going to get better in depth situation. 
Oh, I think so, too. Where other teams are going to be narrowing it down, Auburn's still going to have that. Sonny, it's great. Yeah, I think so. Really love spending a little time with you. Really appreciate it. Uh, hope you all have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Always always good to be on with you guys. Thank you. All right, take care. Coach Thanks, Son- Coach. Coach Sonny Smith joining us. Uh, yeah, we usually get him on on Fridays. Like I said last week, the, the Iron Bowl seemed to – sort of uh, take up a little bit of our time. Great talking with uh, Coach Smith, though. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Coach Don Dunn hanging around with Bill here on the Friday edition of The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday, I guess I should say early evening. Yep, see, it's uh, it's not 5 o'clock and it's turning dark already. Bill and uh, Coach Don Don here in the studio. We got Drew at the con- uh, at the controls. So, what's your what's your schedule for uh, later on? You you were we were talking a little bit before the show. I know last last weekend was, I mean that was that was tough with Thanksgiving and the Iron Bowl. Yeah, we were very busy. Uh, you know, talking about I, I run the pit at night at uh, the smoker, basically at Country's Barbecue, right behind us. Yeah, I guess. it is. It's it's just right yeah. right back through the. <laughs> but we whatever. were we were slammed with uh, Thanksgiving, and it happens every other year when the Iron Bowl is in Auburn, and it's a good good problem to have. Uh, we we probably smoked over sixty turkeys. These are the whole turkeys. That's not counting the turkey breast right. that we do. And then the hams, and then we turned right around and had to go back in early Thanksgiving night and start for the Iron Bowl. And it was it was crazy. But tonight it's kind of laid back. I don't have to go in until really early this morning, just kind of check on the fire, and I'll get out of there early tomorrow morning. Okay, I, just, I wondered if, if during, like, uh, during football season and, the, and the, the really busy times, if it just sort of flips your clock upside down, I mean – are you having to take naps in well, the afternoon? I, what I or? usually do is I'll go home and uh, Donna makes me take all my clothes off because I smell like smoke But uh, in the garage. And so uh, I go in, shower, whatever, and then I go back and get my lazy boy and sleep about three hours and uh, try to. Some days I can't. Like last Saturday I was so wound up oh, with yeah. the game. And, and, I, and I like to watch uh, you know the ESPN shows and – and the SEC network and all that. So and all those games starting at eleven o'clock. Right, and there were some and, good ones. Yeah, yeah right and out, so, right off the bat. Yeah, it, and plus we had company come in to go the game. I didn't even realize <laughs> an old college buddy of mine from Nashville were big Auburn fans. Huh. And so somebody gave him tickets right on the forty-five yard line. I said, Are you kidding? And uh, so they spent the weekend. So then I had to cook for them. So that was a Sunday was a nice rest day. Oh, I bet, man. Except for the score. Uh, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Well, 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 good. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's uh, not nearly as stressful this weekend. We've got we mentioned right when we came on, got a couple of ball games coming up tonight. Uh, the the Pac-12 championship is the big one. Hey, they get started. 11, I mean, tomorrow they they spread out these championship games. Well, you've got the uh, the Big 12 championship tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock, Oklahoma State and Texas, an Oklahoma State team that South Alabama put a whooping on earlier this year. 
now taking on Texas. Texas better than a two-touchdown favorite in this ball game. Yeah, I, I hadn't even paid any attention to uh, Oklahoma State. No, I mean, I well, it, look, it looked like, oh, they're going to be yeah. terrible when they yeah. lost that yeah. early this season. So you have to give them credit for turning the, the, the uh, season around. I just think Texas is too good. Um, I expect Texas to win that game, but you never know. And uh, I'm not a big fan of the Gundy, but uh, he's a heck of a coach. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he's been there a long time. He has, because oh, uh, he's well past 40 now. Right. Yeah. You remember yeah. That? Oh, golly. <laughs> I'm 40. I'm a man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, well, well this, I mean, the, the thing is, Texas, this is one where if Texas gets the opportunity, they need to they need to make as big a statement and, uh, and, and try to impress the eyes of of the college football playoff committee. Yeah, for some reason they're kind of a forgotten team. Yeah. And even though, you know, they go to, they, to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama mm-hmm. two scores, I believe. In the second half just beat them. Right, fourth quarter. I mean, they they dominated them. And in the fourth that's quarter. one of the, the problems I guess of playing an early game that big cuz they always say you can get past a, a loss early. But a win Yeah, but early, if it comes down to it, how do you ignore the fact that 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 team, I mean, when you're when you're looking at that possibility, if it comes down to it that you're Alabama or Texas, how do you ignore the fact that Texas won in Tuscaloosa? I don't, I don't think don't you can, but you know we know how that goes. Yep. <laughs> so that's the early game. We will talk about those and more. And and David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, who's usually on with us on Thursdays, they were broadcasting his show, the uh, Press Box. Or press row, that is. They were uh, broadcasting it from the Tennessee High School playoffs yesterday, so uh, he couldn't be with us then. He'll be on with us when we come back in hour number two of the Friday Drive. Is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. <laughs> The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two here on the Friday Drive. Hope everybody doing well, getting ready for the weekend. It's Bill and Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Dan is uh, up in Memphis where the uh, Troy women's basketball team will take on those Tigers uh, over the weekend. So he'll be back on Monday. Really pleased to have Coach Don Dunn here in the studio and a a quick first hour. Yeah, really goes fast. Uh, I was really worried about if I was going to be able to say anything, but uh, uh, no, man, it's you, fun. You've been doing great, and, and we'll take more of your calls here in just a little while in hour number two, which is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And yes, we'll get to, we will get to the phones here in just a little while. I'll give you the number uh, but we're, we've got an outgoing call here coming up. But, uh, yes, the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar and that number, 334-321-1390. Or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor our podcasts. And the uh, text box number is 
1840. We'll get to the drive hotline and uh, um, go to the go to the phones and call in our normal Thursday guest. Who, quite frankly, I had the show solo on uh, on Wednesday, and I was trying to think of what all we were doing, and I completely forgotten that David had said that they were doing they were broadcasting from the Tennessee high school football playoffs, uh, which are there in Chattanooga yesterday. And so I just completely blanked, and he graciously said he could be on for a little bit here on Friday. And that's David Pascal of the Chattanooga Times Free Press and uh, Press Row on ESPN Chattanooga, joining us uh, for a couple of minutes here on this Friday. David, how are you doing today? Bill, I'm fine, and I think your audience understands I'm completely forgettable at times. No, no, your audience, the audience is understanding that I'm forgetting more and more all the time. So uh, that's just the way it is as, as time goes by. Got Coach Don Dunn here in the studio with me as Dan's on the road with the uh, Troy women's basketball uh, team. And, and yet uh, I was telling, telling Don that, that you actually uh, went to Auburn uh, and, and were working, and I guess it was – it wasn't media relations back then, wasn't, wasn't it? Still sports information back in the day? It, yeah, it was still sports information. And my favorite story to tell was working with David Housel. He, uh, you know, I started writing, you know, for the game programs, and I would start to do features. And then in 1989, he was like, well, look, if you want to do all the game stories, uh, you know, have at it. He's like, just, I will do the last one. Since it is Alabama's first trip to Auburn, I will handle the last game story. And I said, okay, you know, the preview stories. And sure enough, uh, about two weeks before the first Iron Bowl in Jordan-Hare, he came back to our little work area and he said, David, I want the Alabama preview on my desk uh, by the end of this week. And I was like, really? And so uh, I got to do the very first game preview for the very first Iron Bowl in Jordan-Hare, which as a student at Auburn meant a ton to me. David, this is Don Dunn. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Hope you are. That is a great story. I mean, I can imagine the pressure and the nerves, plus uh, you know the the just excitement of being able to do that as a student. Uh, my wife's from East Ridge, so I'm familiar with you. She went yep. to she grew up in East Ridge, uh, right outside of Chattanooga, and I GA'd under Johnny Majors at Tennessee uh, back in the '84 and '83, '84 uh, when Reggie White was there. So I was very fortunate, but. Very familiar with what you do, buddy. Well, and I appreciate it. It's good hearing your voice again. I'm, uh, you know, you mentioned Reggie. There's going to be a 30 for 30 in January on Reggie White that I think should be pretty interesting because they've, they've done a lot of stuff from the days at Howard High School. But, but Don, when you go back to East Ridge and Red Bank and some of the public schools here in Chattanooga, they're, they're still good. But it's just ever since they split into a public-private classification, it has just really gotten wild. I went to a Baylor-McCauley state championship game last night, first state championship involving all Chattanooga teams. And, you know, Baylor's got a receiver, Amari Jefferson, who's committed to Alabama. They've got a tight end committed to Ohio State, Matt LeBlanc. Uh, McCauley's got a tight end defensive end, Carson General committed to Tennessee. Both quarterbacks in last night's game are committed to Vanderbilt. Uh, Macaulay had a DB that's committed to uh, Virginia Tech. It is just crazy how much talent there is at a Baylor Macaulay game now that we got to witness last night. Incredible back and forth game that Macaulay won 34 28 in front of more than 18,000 people wow. at UTC Stadium. That's pretty a, wild, pretty wild setting. That is awesome. That's great. 
Yeah, we were just talking about that. I was looking uh, looking up the results, and I said, wow, that's, that is two familiar names, is what I said to Don a little while ago, Baylor and McCauley. I mean, those, as you know, back when I was a kid, they were, they were powerhouses, and that's, it's crazy to think this is the first time. That they've, they've well, played it's it. tough because, uh, you know, you think about the Nashville schools, Brentwood Academy. Right. Uh, you, think about, you think about Lipscomb Academy uh, with Trent Dilfer. You know, I know he's first year at UAB, but before he left, he had taken Lipscomb Academy to New Heights. And uh, you think about Innsworth and Montgomery Bell Academy, just a lot of talent at these schools. And, and we're going through a real interesting dynamic right now because, you know, Baylor and Macaulay have had boarding students for years and uh, but it's a real high level of of competition in Chattanooga. Most of the names I just reeled off to you that are committed to SEC schools are Chattanooga kids. Hmm. Uh, but you've got Nashville schools. You know the Nashville schools used to win all the state championships, but now Baylor and Macaulay have combined to win the last five. So you've had uh, the Nashville schools start to make kind of a stink about Baylor and Macaulay having boarding students, even though it's been this way for more than a hundred years. <laughs> What you've had are these Nashville schools trying to quick fix things, and it hadn't worked out. I mean, they, they just had, you know, Brentwood Academy has a five-star junior quarterback, and they went 2-10 and ten this year. I mean, so it's just been a weird deal where they've tried to recruit players that didn't mesh uh, like they, they've got at Baylor and Macaulay. So but the, the Tennessee high school system right now is going through a little bit of upheaval because I think the Nashville schools are really upset that the Chattanooga schools are starting to dominate the way they are. Wow, that 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 is crazy. We got David for a few minutes. Love to get your thoughts. We're going to get into the uh, conference championships, but I'd love just some some quick thoughts on this past Saturday's game at Jordan Hare. Well, I just again I go back to my niece. I've got a niece down there who's a junior, and the fact that the two Iron Bowls she sat through were a four overtime loss and a and a and the fourth and thirty one loss. That's a that's a tough time to be a student going through those kind of games. But, you know, it's just an interesting dynamic, and, and I know Hugh Freeze was asked about it. I just think this is a situation that Auburn has dealt with in recent years. Uh, you know, Auburn, some of Auburn's greatest moments of the last 10 years are how they've compared to Alabama. Uh, but you don't want to get in a run of, like, moral losses. And no. I know, Bill, I know we had this conversation earlier in the year I did. I did. After the Georgia game, I still didn't feel like it was anything, you know, like like y'all were talking about with the '09 Iron Bowl. I, I still felt it was more of a because you just didn't know what Auburn was going to have the rest of the way, and, and and that's that's been my issue. There's just been too many inconsistencies with Auburn to where, uh, yeah, this this year you looked great against Bama and you looked great against Georgia, but. Uh, you couldn't stay on the field with LSU. Obviously, the New Mexico State game was a debacle. You just want Auburn to be more consistent across the board, and it takes time. Obviously, Auburn getting huge news today with yep. their, what, second five-star receiver and flipping him. So, And, and I thought Hugh Freeze was spot on back at, at, at SEC Media Days when he said, I am going to be judged by my first two full recruiting cycles, and you've really seen – some momentum here so I think that's a good that's a very good thing for Auburn no question uh yeah let, let's get in and get your thoughts because I mean these the fun starts tonight I mean we've got uh if 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 chalk you know if everything goes chalk it'd be it'd be pretty simple but I've got a feeling there's going to be uh there, there's going to be a, a fly or two in the ointment uh let, let's get your thoughts on the matchups tonight Oregon about a double-digit favorite 
over the only team that that uh, beat them this year in Washington as they play in Vegas tonight. Yeah, it is crazy when you think about that line and given the first outcome. But, I mean, Oregon has been the more impressive team. And, I mean, this is the team that has the most to gain. I mean, you uh, if, if Oregon is impressive tonight – I think you've got uh, I think you've got the Ducks for sure. I think whoever wins this game is certainly going to be in. I don't Should. see how this winner this winner is not in. And and Oregon, of course, has the double deal of potentially submitting a Heisman Trophy for Bo Nix. And so uh, I think Oregon, of all the teams this week, has the most to gain because you get a spot in the playoffs and you get the Heisman winner. I, I do think that Jaden Daniels has had the more remarkable season. I mean, when you're talking about a guy who uh, could set a passing efficiency record, single-season passing efficiency record, and, he ha- and he's gone over a 1,000-yard rushes, you know, rushing and averages more than eight yards a carry, but Bo Nix has the potential of guiding a team in the playoffs and, and we've seen the last of Jaden Daniels before the Heisman voting. So, I mean, I like Oregon. That that number is it, it is kind of scary big, but, you know, they have been the better team. Another a unique aspect to this game is if you just go back two years, you know, college football had two incredibly splash hires with Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, going from Oklahoma to Southern Cal and Brian Kelly going from Notre Dame to, uh, to, to LSU. But these two coaches – Two years ago, you know, Landing and DeBoer, that nobody was talking about them by comparison, and they've been better. No, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, it's going to be fun there tonight. Uh, the let, we'll, we'll stick with the ones that are that are going to affect the uh, the college football playoffs tomorrow. Early on, the Big Twelve title game, Texas looking to try to you know remind people that oh yeah. Um, you know, we've only lost one game, and we and we beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa as they play a nine and three Oklahoma State team, one that got got it handed to them by South Alabama. Credit to Mike Gundy and and Oklahoma State for getting there, but but Texas needs to win and win big, don't they? Yeah, because you're right. Oklahoma State on a given day can be atrocious. I mean, it is hard to believe that when you look at this matchup, one of these teams beat Oklahoma and the other one didn't. Uh, but one of these teams won in Tuscaloosa by 10, and the other one lost to UCF by 42. Uh, you know, but I, you're right. I think I think there's a national perception where Texas is kind of getting the media attention shaft here. I mean, people are making a big deal of, hey, what would happen if Alabama pulled it? Well, you know, last week Alabama, you know, needed a fourth-and-one miracle, while Texas absolutely took care of business against Texas Tech by winning by 50. So, I mean, Texas is doing everything right. They're just not getting the attention for it. It's kind of an interesting dynamic there. Yeah, no no question. The SEC title game, are you not going? I am. I'm okay. going in the morning. Okay, good. I, I expected you to be there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the SEC title game, Georgia and Alabama, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Everything I have heard from any uh, any outlet in this state um, it doesn't even seem like tomorrow's game's being played. It's all is the college football playoff committee going to shaft Alabama? Uh, Georgia may have a say in this, but how healthy are the Bulldogs? That's the big question. I know. Uh, I, I definitely, in talking to Kirby and trying to read between the lines, I would bet on Brock Bowers playing. I would bet on Tate Ratledge playing. I would not bet on Lad, Lad McConkey playing, and that's and I would a big loss. On, yeah, it it is a big loss, but you know that I mean they've just they found guys. I mean, who 
nobody was talking about Dylan Bell at the beginning of the season. No. And, and Dylan Bell had a fantastic Tennessee game when it was obvious that McConkey couldn't go. I mean, Dylan Bell's been a nice story. I mean, you think about their other transfer, Dominic Lovett. Uh, Rosaby Jack Saint has been nice in spots this year. So, I mean, they're just so deep, and they've been so deep. And now they got, you know, they, they finally had a Kendall Milton uh, to showcase last week against Georgia Tech. So, you know, Bowers and and, uh, and Ratledge, I think, play. I don't know if McConkie and Ra-Ra Thomas are going to be able to play. But, uh, you know, if you just go by consistency, I mean, obviously you're going to take Georgia. I mean, Alabama's had multiple close calls, you know, especially last weekend. But, you know, you do have that memory of two years ago of where Alabama did not play a good Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. Georgia was the favorite. And, and I think Georgia was even a bigger favorite uh, two years ago, or maybe, maybe it's gotten – closer now uh, as far as that spread but you know and you saw how they looked and 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 Milrow was an exciting guy you just don't know what he's going to do I picked Georgia 31 24 uh, you know I think the Bulldogs win but it would not be the most shocking upset of all time either no I, I a while ago you were talking about the lack of respect I don't know that Carson Beck has gotten the kind of respect that he should get I mean the numbers he's put up are are really really good. I just don't know that many people have noticed. Yeah, Maybe because of Jaden so Daniels hard. and his numbers. I don't know. I think that, I think that's part of it, and I think you know, and it's but what people don't appreciate about Carson Beck is like we were just talking about, just the the constant moving pieces that have been in and out of that roster. And I, I'm talking about every single spot, running back, receiver, tight end, offensive line. Mm-hmm. He's had to deal with moving and shifting all year. And I mean, here, the biggest question mark Georgia had going into the season has now been your biggest constant as we get to conference championship weekend. All right. Quickly through the, the other two, if Michigan scores 14, they should win. Did you know that there is a there's an actual bet that you can bet on Iowa to get shut out in the first half, and if you bet a hundred bucks, you basically win your money back. <laughs> I'm not I am not surprised at that. I mean, uh, you know, c- credit to them for getting where they are with a team that struggles to score as much as they do. It's it's unfathomable. I you know I I love Don's take on this. How can a team be ten and two and average two hundred and forty six yards a game? It is just mystified. Yeah, no doubt, David. I I don't understand it either. But having coached <laughs> in that league, uh, ten points sometimes is is, is 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 a lot. It's just completely so different from the SEC. The speed of the game. But I'm like you. I don't know how. I mean, it's just amazing. What was it? One game, ten to eight, or seven to four, or something like nine. What was it? Nine no. to ten, or what? What was that? What was the first game? Well, Drew, you. Help. I'm sure we will think of the the Iowa game early in the year when. Um, what was the final? It was like it, it was a crazy there, there weren't score. fifteen points scored. Reminds but I mean, me yeah, of it's, three it's to two. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I remember that one. I remember the three to two game. But you know, I was like, it's kind of like stopping, you know, stop traffic on the interstate, and you've been waiting for five minutes, and you want to see what stops, so you you do the rubbernecking thing. I mean, that Iowa Nebraska game, you could not get away from it because it was like interceptions. That once the TVs, once the television guys spotted the two guys wearing sweatshirts that said punts, and and they were celebrating every time there was a punt. Those guys were great, and and so you. You couldn't, you 
couldn't turn away from that game. That's oh true. man, no kidding. <laughs> uh, Florida State. You, speaking of speaking of injuries, it looks like Florida State may be to, may be down to their third quarterback against a Louisville team that Kentucky beat last week to crush any of their hopes. What are you thinking here? This one this one is very big for the Texas and Alabamas that are out there. It is, and, and, and that becomes your big question regardless, really, Bill. I mean, if, if Florida State wins, I mean, let's say Florida State wins with a third stringer or second stringer, and it's one of these 16-14, kind of a gross game, uh, do, you know, it becomes, you know, that that's your deal now with the, with the committee. I mean, it's, it's going to be as big of a challenge as anything. Do you go with the four best resumes? I mean, Florida, won, Florida State would have won every game on its schedule, or do you go by the eye test? And, and, you know, I'm not sold that Florida State gets in undefeated because, you know, I do think, you know, there's some things that get in the minds of these committee members, like do we really want Florida State to play Georgia in a semifinal game and deal with another 48-7 to kind of outcome? I mean, because that's what you could be looking at with Florida State against really anybody in this in this fourteen tournament, if they got in, oh, there's no question about it. I mean, Jeff Brom and Louisville could uh, could make it a whole lot easier for for the committee if they could if they, they could, could pull off the upset. And I don't know if they, I, I, and, I don't and, consider it an upset really. And, and and the wildest thing I think, big picture, because we've all been around the block doing this college football thing, is there's been no more. Uh, you know, no team enters this week higher ranked each year than Alabama. They seem to be first or second every year going into conference championship weekend. And and this year, the last year of a four-team tournament, that's the team that can cause the most chaos. Yeah, that's, I mean, the fact that right. you could have have people debating whether an SEC team should even be in the four-team field is mind-boggling. Yeah, it's going to be fun. David, have a good trip to uh, to Atlanta. Really appreciate you spending a little time with us here this afternoon. Absolutely, Bill. Always good to talk to you. And, Don, what a treat to talk to you. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Thank you. Same to you, David. Of course, uh, check out David uh, at timesfreepress.com or ESPN Chattanooga. Our thanks to him for joining us. We'll get to our first break. Open up the phone lines. Come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive. At Reynolds Outdoor EN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, next time we, we could we could just dub real quickly over that. I mean, it'd be easy to say Don Dunn where he says Dan Peck uh, today. Dan, of course, up in Memphis. He'll be back on Monday. I mean, if uh, if they'll let him in. I mean, I don't know. Steve Steve may like this and uh, and tell Don, yeah, just come come on back. We've got Coach Don Dunn here alongside me this afternoon. Really pleased and, and appreciate you coming in, Don. It's it's this is great. Thank you, Bill. It's it's fun. A lot of fun. Let's get back to the drive hotline. 334-321-1390. And Jerry is up next. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um, I just wondered, I, I sure do. It's like Merry Christmas that Cam Cummins switched, flipped to Auburn. Uh, what kind of bump would that give us in the national recruiting rankings? Oh, it, it, it's going to be significant when you add a five-star like that. Uh, I mean, as a matter of fact, I, they, they're probably updating these. I'll, I'll look over and see what uh, some of the updates mean. But Auburn's been, you know, uh, just um, around 15 or so. Uh, and, right. And this, this, should, 
this should bump them right around the top ten, I would think. And um, one other question I had was for Coach Dunn. Um, who are, like, the top three defensive linemen that you coached wow. in Auburn? Jerry, that's a great question. I would have to say uh, Reggie Torbor, but he was more of a defensive end. He would be in there uh, – Spencer Johnson, or and probably Jay Ratliff. You know, we moved him late in '04 uh, from tight end to D tackle. But there's been many, Jerry. I mean, I, I'd hate to just oh, yeah. forget someone. I was very right. fortunate. I had really, I didn't have a bad one, and I like Josh Thompson. <laughs> you know, undersized kid who's oh, yeah. tough as nails. I remember recruiting him, Jerry, and Coach Tuberville almost didn't let me sign him early because he he didn't think he was tall enough. And I said, "Well, Coach, let's just go watch him play." You know, he won a state championship at Statesboro in Georgia. But I really, you know, they were all good. I, I, you know, Cinderic Marks, uh, Tommy Jackson, a local kid. Uh, you know, Demarco McNeil. I don't want to leave any of them out. They might come after me. Yeah, you had, you had a lot. You had a sort of lot of, lot of sort of fire plug type guys. Yeah, at the nose especially, yeah. and you couldn't move them. And I remember I'd take those guys out when we go with our pass rush, uh, our rushmen we called them, where we wanted more lean, taller guys. A lot of times we would move our defensive ends into mm-hmm. the tackle spot. And I will never forget I took Josh out of the Florida game against Tebow to get our taller guys in there, and he was ready to kick my butt on the sideline. <laughs> and he led our team in tackles that year, which is amazing. But they were all good ones, Jerry. Uh, I don't really have a top three, to be honest with you. Well, I, I can't blame you. I was season ticket holder during the Tuberville years, and uh, yeah, I had some great teams. Well, I appreciate that. We were very fortunate. Great kids and just a wonderful experience for me and my family. And We love Auburn. That's why we're still here. Yeah. All right. Great night. Appreciate the call, Jerry. And and I looked at 247 has updated their um, team rankings right now. They have Auburn at number 11, but they are number five in overall average rank because Auburn has fewer commits than all the teams ahead of them. I mean, the other teams have over 20. Auburn now has 19. So, I mean, yes, they've really moved up there. And again, you know, it's not all about recruiting ranking, but you can't argue the fact that, you know, the, the more of those blue chippers that you have, um, you know, you, you, you see those teams in the generally that are playing, you know, for the titles have more of the blue chippers. So, uh, so yeah, that was a huge pickup from Cam Coleman today. Now, my thing would be it's still, you know, you still got 19 days. You got 19 days from right now, and now – that's great to get the flip. Now you got to hang on. You got to hang on to those guys while you're trying to reel more into the boat. Yeah, it's uh, like we were talking earlier. This is when it really becomes a, a, a nervous time for coaches. Once you get a big time recruit, those other guys aren't going to give up. Not at all. And sometimes this wakes them up. You know, they they think, well, we've got this kid, but you cannot rest on it until you see that. The old days when the facts came across, I'm sure it's all electronic now. But, uh, yeah, it's down to the last second. You worry. You don't get a lot of sleep. And you just got to really recruit him harder now that he's committed. 
334-321-1390. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Half an hour to go. Plenty of time for you to join in here on the Friday Drive with Bill Coach Don Dunn. Live with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes or so here on this Friday evening. Bill Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. We have Drew at the controls, and Mitch is on the hotline. Hey, Mitch. Hey, guys. Uh, just down here in the panhandle waiting on the, the rain, kind of like you guys. Yeah, it, it hasn't rained here. I thought it was supposed to be raining all day. Uh, I, I decided not to leave my dog at the house so he wouldn't just be, uh, you know, on the back porch getting rained on. And it hasn't rained yet, but it there it sure looks like it when you look at the uh, look at the weather radar. Oh yeah, uh, especially down here, it's supposed to rain all day long, but that's all right. But I'm uh, I'm sporting my uh, my uh, bulldog cap uh, I got from my buddy. Hey, it's tough there. for Auburn fans. You're right. This one's tough, but I mean, <laughs> sadly, I mean, I don't know the, that that you uh, that you get numb to it, but I guess you get used to the fact that those two are are playing for something big. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what? If if Georgia three-peats, I got no problem with it. Uh, I mean. Anybody besides Alabama, I got no problem with it. And, and I mean, I, I was a Georgia fan. I was born in Georgia up until about 78 when my uh, father converted me. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, my buddy sent me. And he and what's funny is I sent him an Auburn cap, and he, he wears the Auburn cap and pulls for us, except when we're playing Georgia. So uh, so I thought I'd wear cap he sent me and, and pull for them tomorrow because I'm never liked Alabama but anyway um just had something off the wall because you got the coach there um I remember back in back in the day and and, and USC uh still does it but uh, I remember uh black shoes and no name on the back of the uniforms for like USC Notre Dame Penn State Michigan you guys remember that oh yeah they were like yeah North? Penn yes. State Penn State still looks a lot like that right yeah, I mean, and then I think in the late 80s or early 90s, you know, when Miami had won a couple of national championships, they started this whole black shoe, black sock thing. And I know Auburn warm, and I mean, my uncle couldn't stand it. He used to complain about it all <laughs> the time, about how the uniform, we've got such great looking uniforms and the black shoes and the black socks just, just didn't make us look good. And I don't know. I just got to thinking about that because, uh, yeah, there was there was only a couple of shoes. I mean, I know probably back in the seventies, most teams wore black shoes, but it seemed like in the eighties, at least, uh, I know Auburn and Alabama were wearing white shoes, Nike shoes, at least when Bo went over the top, and then it it just kind of came back in style. And I don't know. I was just Wondering, you know, if, if, if you guys, I'm sure you guys do remember that, because I know Bill's older than I am. Coach Dum, <laughs> yeah. probably a little bit older than me. Yeah. I don't know. Probably a lot. There. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I remember those days. And I, I'm, I'm an old school guy. I like the traditional uh, uniforms. I always heard the one old coach I had say, you're playing for the, the name on the front, not on the back. And, uh, you know, for Auburn. And I think we have one of the best-looking uniforms still to this day. And I always, mm-hmm. 
some of them, it's it, like when I was at Western Kentucky, we had a different helmet, and they're doing that now, a decal from the old block letters to our mascot. And we did that for recruiting. <laughs> but a place like Auburn or Penn State, you, I, th- and, and I like LSU's white home jerseys. I don't think you need to change that old tradition. But, again, I'm old school, and it's all about what these kids like now and bigger, better, you know, facilities and all those things. Oh yeah, well, and and I called, you know, after the uh, after the Iron Bowl, and uh, I think I think Nick Saban is is scared down to his underwear of what Hugh Freeze can do at Auburn compared to Ole Miss with the facilities and the money and and the recruiting and and, and all that stuff. I agree uh, with you, Mitch. Uh, you know that new facility. I've, I'm gonna hopefully get to go through it here in a couple of weeks with my buddy and my wife, and it's state of the art. I, uh, Hugh Freeze is doing a great job recruiting, and I know there's concerns at Alabama. There has to be. It's sort of like when Nick came in when we were here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I always think that that had something to do with uh, us not being able to stay. But yeah, it's he should be worried. I hope maybe he'll take that. That uh, after this last game, he'll move on down to Jupiter, <laughs> Florida, for that mansion he's got. Yeah, there's some there. Harvard fans that wouldn't yeah. mind him just moving to Jupiter. Yeah, the planet. Yeah, the planet. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know what? I, I I love my time in the Air Force. Wish I was still in, but but if I had if I had Nick's money, I would just retire and and stop dealing with the headache. But I know that there's people that that just have to have something to do. Yeah, right? the, and, and the thing is, as long as that fire's burning, I mean, it's it's he's not coaching for the money, I can tell you that. No. Mm-hmm. He enjoys it, and he likes the part of, you know, being competitor and that things. Yeah, I'd be like Coach Orcheron, what time and what door when you want him to be at. <laughs> yeah, for that, no doubt. Right. Team. All right, guys. Uh, War Eagle and uh, Go Dogs tomorrow. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it, Mitch. Yeah, that that is a tough one for for Auburn fans. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say when I ask folks who are ask some folks who are they pulling for. And they go, not just you maybe, know, just maybe they're going to watch yeah. because mm-hmm. it's really hard to pull for uh, for either of those. All right, he he brought up something. I uh, I think I've asked you, but it's been a while. So, how much do you miss it? I miss coaching a lot. A whole bunch. My wife thinks I'm crazy, but I miss coaching. I really miss the, the the players, the kids, the Friday night before the game, all the little things that go into a game, uh, being around the, the players, the recruiting. I miss the recruiting. I don't think I could handle the portal and the, uh, the, the you know, the money that these kids get to play. It's just tough. Yeah, things. I mean, things have changed so much. It's got to be. Uh, you know, we were talking about this before we came on the uh, the comments uh, that that we heard from uh, from from Louisville basketball coach uh, about one of his players. Which I mean, and, and he's caught. He's caught. It's funny. He's he's caught a lot of flack on social media. Oh, don't you talking bad about his play? He's just telling the truth. Right. It's a got shame a, when you can't tell the truth anymore. Got a, Got a a, a freshman who. Um, felt like holding himself out of a game because he didn't like the uh, the tights yeah. that he had under his uniform. Oh man, I don't think I can comment on that. But I tell you what, uh, I'm surprised that 
that he mentioned that. And I know Kenny Payne's a great coach and a great man. He was a great player, too. And a heck of a player. And I'm from Louisville, so I remember him. But, uh, yeah, kids have changed, and uh, the good coaches can adapt, and that's what you have to do and just keep going. Mitch may have broken our phones. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. We've got a light show over here from the phones. I mean, we've got uh, flashing lights, and they're moving back and forth. It's like it's Christmas. We've got <laughs> flashing red lights on the phones. So don't know if you'd be able to call in. We, we'd we'd love to hear from you, man. I hate not to give folks the uh, the opportunity to talk to uh, Coach Dunn here, but uh, I, I have a feeling that uh, something something has gone haywire. With the phones, I'm going to try to call here in just a minute uh, to to see what happens. It's probably going to ring busy on my phone. Uh, we we we've got a little time. We'll get into some more of the games. Want to get your thoughts though on this past season? I, I know that you know no one's going to be uh, you know ecstatic over a six and six season. And as David David Pascal was saying a little earlier, I mean there there are ups and downs this season. But just love to get your thoughts on. <clears throat> the Auburn football program right now, how you feel about it now as compared to, you know, how we felt heading into the season. Right. I think it's been a, a good season, not a great season. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes you're measured on your last game, and the game before with New Mexico State was definitely right. a setback. But those things are going to happen in the first year. So I'm, I feel optimistic about the direction we're going. And really with the recruiting, uh, like today's news, and like you said, Bill, that's where you win. you got to have the horses. No uh, donkeys ever won the Kentucky Derby. I heard that all my life growing up in Louisville. But the way they played against Georgia, the way they played against Alabama, I know we're not into moral victories, but we could have been blown out in both those games, and they kept fighting, and especially after the – Yeah, you, when, you, when you look at the rosters, you would think, yeah, there's no way you can compete. Yeah, it doesn't measure up on paper. And, you know, especially after losing a, a, a tough game that you were supposed to win the week before the Iron Bowl and the way they came back. And, you know, Alabama knows they were darn lucky to get out of here. I mean, oh, no lucky. question. I mean, you can, you can call it any way you want, but they were lucky to win that game, and they know that. Yeah, I mean, credit them for making that play there at the end. And I know regardless of what people, uh, you know, think about how it was defended or whatever, um, it's tough to make that throw you probably- in that kind of situation with the crowd and the pressure that there was. Uh, I mean, you you have to credit J- Jalen Milrow made a perfect throw. Yeah, and you could run that play 15 more times, 20 more times, and maybe hit it one more time, but – they hit it when they needed to, right. and uh, that's a credit to them. Uh, you know, they do work on those plays, and I know Coach Freeze mentioned that they work on preventing those plays. It's just It was just a great play by, by Alabama, and unfortunately it was the last play of the game. and Well, not really, but it was. Yeah, it was a game-deciding play right. there, no right. question. All right, we'll get to our final break. You can try to call. It appears that it's ringing, but I don't know – we may not be able to answer it. So if we don't, it's not because we're not trying, but uh, we've got one more segment. So hang with us here on the Friday Drive. It's time to 